You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have something a little bit different. We are going to talk about money and your financial mindset and really learning how to get what it is that you deserve in terms of financial compensation and then really what to do with it once you have it as well. The guest with us today is an actor, director, and producer, and she is absolutely passionate about empowering creatives to live their best financial life so that they can pursue their own passion projects and the life of their dreams. And, you know, I think that's something that's really important for those of us who are creating a living based on who we are and what we do as entrepreneurs. And, you know, even if you're doing it kind of on the side, that's okay too. But listen carefully to today's podcast because I think it's going to really help you out. So welcome with me to the show, Rihanna Basor. Hi, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And just in case people are listening near a computer, I want to just off the top mention your website and how to contact you. The website is selftrustfund.com. So selftrustfund.com. And on Facebook, you can find Rihanna at at selftrustfund. Same thing with Instagram at Self Trust Fund. And you can email her at selftrustfund at gmail.com. So I am really excited to hear how it is that you, first of all, made this shift to become involved with what is Self Trust Fund. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I have always been one of those people that loves to make things. So putting up plays and my friend's backyard, forcing their parents to watch the plays from soup to nuts. I was so excited to create and share what I imagined in my head. And I was really lucky that pretty early on, I found that theater and storytelling were the things I was passionate about. I was very fortunate to have the support of my parents in that. And they let me go to NYU for my college to be in their drama program, which is an incredible program. And one of the things I noticed right away going to college in New York City was that it was expensive. People worked hard and they spent all day hustling, trying to get all the parts of their lives together. And then they'd go home and be exhausted. And as I finished my time at NYU and became a professional working actor in New York, I was so excited to book all these projects and work all over the country, go on tour. I even worked abroad several times, just amazing opportunities. But it always seemed like at the end of the month, there still wasn't quite enough money. And I said, well, I'm working. I've joined the union. I've checked all the boxes that professionally I need to. And yet I still feel like there's not enough. And it all sort of came to a head when I was doing a play off Broadway and I had some family things going on. And it was one of the biggest wins of my career. And I said, but I still don't feel that I am being rewarded for how much I dedicate to my passion my craft and my art. And much as I'm sure several of your listeners can identify with, I found myself on a real spiritual journey to understand how I could be at the heights and not enjoy 
the fruits of my abundance. And what I realized is that I had internalized culturally and personally an idea that as an artist, I needed to starve. I needed to live my passion and not be rewarded for it. And so based on the journey of self-discovery and education and growing, I have developed a true passion to share what is really practical, easily applied skills and understandings, but that no one puts into creative thinking, abstract thinking, conceptual images for for those with a not as logical brain. I realized that I have a brain that allows me to speak money and business and logic and reason, but I also have a skill set to translate those skills into images, ideas, and stories in a way that is more accessible for people who don't move between the two sides of their brains as easily. That is really exciting. I want to backtrack just a little tiny bit. And you talked about you went through this period of self-discovery to kind of set this all in motion. Yes. So so what did that look like for you, that period of self-discovery? Well, that period of self-discovery was about getting still, getting quiet, seeking out the coaches and mentors that were right for me. I truly am a person that is a connector in my spirit. So Mm -hmm. I look for especially women who are just a few years to often many years ahead of me and where I would like to go. And I build incredibly close bonds with them either friendship-based or professionally-based. And I listen to everything they tell me to do. (laughs) You know, that's such good advice. I remember hearing many years ago that we become like the five people we surround ourselves with the most. It's so true. And I realized that the kind of people that I'm attracted to are the kind of people that have so much to share. So they are so happy to be generous with their knowledge And of course, when it's a professional relationship that we work out the financial details of that, I'm always happy to support talent. And I get to see the actions role model as well as being told in a guidance point of view. So I find that experience of seeing it in motion helps to remind me when I have a little bit of self-doubt. No, but see, this is how it works. It's not just an idea. It actually creates the change you're seeking. You know, that is very true. And, you know, having that, they're almost like running mates, you know, Mm. even when it's a professional relationship. And, you know, I'm sure that within your friendship circle as well, you're also giving, 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 uh, as well as receiving, receiving, receiving. And so I just want to move on to some, you know, helpful things that you can share with our listeners about what you were talking about with us the images that associated to money and belief systems and so on. You said that you had bought into that belief system that uh, artists need to be starving and uh, that you've learned how to shed that and let that go. Yes. So any hints for our listeners on how to do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's such a huge world of ideas that peeling away the layers is very detailed and intricate. But one of the things that I've really found is the idea of personal value based on what people are willing to pay. Mm -hmm. In the world of business, there's something called dollars for service, Mm -hmm. which is the idea that this is the cost of the service that I'm providing. The simplest metaphor is you go to a store, there's a really cool lamp, it's $49.99. You either want to spend that money on the lamp or you don't. But when it comes to a creative or a spiritual practice, a service that is 
intrinsically you yourself. There is a tendency, and believe me, I was definitely this way, to conflate what people are willing to pay with your intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. And so rather than saying, my talent is worth this much money for a project that's like this and they can't afford it, that's cool. Next time they have that money, I hope they think of me. Instead, Mm -hmm. it becomes, oh, I wasn't good enough. Oh, I never have any money. I can't make money doing what I love. And it turns into these stories that are really damaging to the bright light of talent that brought you to that particular buyer's attention to begin with. So separating personal value from whatever dollar amount is agreed on or isn't agreed on. My creatives are so generous in their heart that they tend to agree to projects without getting the money on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, we'll be paid at the end. They have good intentions. And all of that's true. But the reason why in business you don't do anything without a contract is so everyone knows what's going on, what's been agreed upon. So often the generosity in the heart of creativity and spiritual businesses means that they have good faith that will work out. But then at the end, there was a different understanding of what the exchange of value would be. And often that means an over-delivery from creatives and spiritualists because they're so powerful and passionate. They're like, I want to give more. I want to share more of more time in. I'll make it even better. But then they see the money in their bank account and they think, oh, it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. And that heartbreak can be so damaging to the generous spirit that is their nature. Well, and I can speak from someone who's been there that it puts us in a place where we're we can often even be, you know, what am I doing? How yes. uh, should, should I be taking a nine to five? You know, should I be fitting into somebody else's mold of what society says we should be and should be doing and so on? And uh, and I think, too, that for people who are these creatives who are in a regular nine to five, that it becomes very scary and holds them back from letting go of that nine to five and really diving in and believing in themselves. Yes. It's seeing themselves as a good investment. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I keep coming back to is that creatives are told and spiritual practitioners that they are not a good investment because of their dreams. Mm -hmm. And yet now more than ever, we live in a time in which creativity is rewarded. For my performing aspect, there's never been more streaming platforms looking to buy content. There's never been more online platforms that are looking for amazing visionary voices to give their money to, to consume beautiful, incredible content. There have never been more people interested in spiritual healing and spiritual connection and communities. So there is money and business structures available for those who feel like they have to work the nine to five. But because of the internalized belief that they're not a good investment, it blinds them to the possibilities of building up those financial resources to step away from the nine to five. You know, and it comes back to a basic supply and demand thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you're saying is, you know, is the market is really hot right now. And the opportunities are huge. And so the reason that, if I'm understanding you correctly, the reason that we are holding ourselves back from charging what we're worth or even getting paid at all is that little voice in our head saying, am I enough? And the negative self-talk that goes along with that. Absolutely. 
Okay. Yes. So once we use techniques, like you said, using coaches and mentors and visualization, and for me, you know, quieting that negative self-talk comes with affirmations and just kind of changing my belief system around getting paid well for what I do, then what's the next step? So then we're, you know, we've got money flowing in and we're getting by, as you said, you were doing, but, you know, maybe a little bit short at the end of the month. How do we shift into the next gear? Yes, that's such a great question. So the next gear is using your resources wisely. Mm -hmm. So that includes you yourself because you are the root of your entire business. Your business is based out of you. So take amazing care of yourself. Go to the doctor, do the mental and physical health practices that you need to do feed yourself well, get enough sleep. These will give you the energy and peace of mind to make even better things. Then you take the resources financially that you have and you give them a job. So what are your bills that you have every month? Really basic bottom line stuff. How much money do you have left after that? Or how much are you short? judgment-free zone, right? Mm -hmm. Just really basic nuts and bolts. Then from there, hopefully you have some left. If you don't, then you can begin to say, all right, so how can I make that extra bit of money that I need to make? Is there another opportunity that I need to pursue? Maybe that's a side hustle. Maybe I need to create a new product that I can sell in some way. Maybe I need to do a one-person show or a podcast or write that book I've been thinking about. How can I generate that extra little bit of cash flow? I need to feel safe and grounded financially. And then after that point, when you have enough money to meet what you need to meet every month, you start to squirrel away like a little squirrel with his nuts in the winter, those extra little financial nuggets into your dreams. So I have something I call emotional compound interest. And what that means is that you name your bank accounts what your dream is. For instance, I want to write a book about Morocco. So I have a savings account called Morocco Dream Trip. And every time I have anything from $5, $50, $500, whatever it is, and I'm like, okay, this is for my Morocco dream trip. I transfer that money into an account labeled that. And when I do that, those images and those words spring into mind. And I'm able to have a moment picturing how rewarding, how fun that trip is going to be, how good it's going to feel to write that book. And so I am reaping the investment reward of that purchase that's still several years in the future because I'm aligning my ability as an imaginative storyteller to trigger an experience in my brain simply by naming my bank account what my dream is. I love that. So you're really connecting to the actual feeling of the experience. Exactly. And allowing that feeling to generate the energy to inspire me to continue to support that financial dream. I love that. I've, you know, I've never thought about that before of actually naming my account other than something like savings or checking. Exactly. <laughs> that's such a great idea. I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit just for the listeners and give a little tip that something that I've done is that I've taken one of my bank statements and printed it off and put at my balance at the, at the bottom of the account, I put a one in front of it, you know, or you could put a two or a three to take it from being whatever it was. Like I, it, for me, I put it into the hundreds of thousands, right? In the account. So just 
faking that number at the bottom of the mm-hmm. balance of the bank statement. And then I have that taped on my desk. So I see it every day. I look over and I've got several hundred thousand dollars in the bank, right? So it's a great little tip for triggering that experience as well. So I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what you said there and how great would it be if that account was actually called what it's for? Exactly. Yeah. What a great tip. What a great tip. So can you tell us more about when you talk about imaging? Yeah. So One of the things that I have noticed with my clients when we begin to really unpack the thinking behind the behavior, which is where I think so many creatives and spiritual practitioners really get a little lost. Like there's the idea of their shoulds in their head, but then there's what their actual behavior is. And it's not always an alignment. So I had an experience with one of my clients recently. She'd come back from this amazing trip to Cuba. She had laughed and danced and had the greatest time. She'd felt so powerful and full. And then it was back to everyday life of responsibilities and bills and that kind of everydayness that can feel like a drudgery. And I said to her, I want you to think of the moment on your trip in Cuba where you felt the most transcendent. You were the most in the moment. You were the most connected. You were the most alive. You felt the way that you wanted to feel on that trip in one moment and you can really access it. And she said, okay, I have that moment. Was dancing by the beach with some people that they met that play drums. A gorgeous moment. And I said, okay, so you are having a particular issue with a particular person in your financial life. When you go into the meeting to discuss very challenging details, I want you to have something either visual or on your person that reminds you of that moment. Sometimes for me, it's like a stone that I've gotten on a trip, or it's a bracelet that makes me feel really powerful, or it's an image of what the moon looked like over the beach. And when you start to feel those feelings of getting triggered, not enough, fear, anxiety, frustration, anger, whatever it is, I want you to take your focus back to that image, physical or abstract, and it will trigger you back to that place where you did not feel the challenges of the negative storm of self-talk. You will immediately go back to that place where you felt powerful and connected and at peace with yourself. And it will allow you to have that conversation from a place of power, but also openness to what the discussion really is. Money is deeply triggering and it's easy to be shut down and go into a fear place, but you don't have to. There are only a world of possibilities if you remember to see them. Mm-hmm. So using those images as guiding lights to hold you in integrity with your best self so that the best possible thing can come out of the meeting. That is huge. Absolutely huge. And, you know, I've heard before of, you know, being able to do that in terms of athletes going forward, like picturing the yes. moment and so on. But for you, like this is something every single person listening can do. Yeah. They they can go to that moment. Maybe it's, you know, the first time you held your child or what, you know, your wedding day, whatever it may be for you. Maybe it's the time that you landed your first huge client and just connecting with that feeling you know, and connecting with it every day, even, you know, not just with the difficult situations. And I just love what you said about there are only a world full of possibilities if 
you choose to see them. Is that, did I say that right? You did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is really powerful. There's only a world full of possibilities if you choose to see them. So remember that listeners, because that is really the essence of the creativity that we do is finding those possibilities and connecting with, you know, if I could really do what I wanted to do the most, what would that be? Because that's what we can put our passion behind. And I really love that, Rihanna, that you're bringing this practical side along with the creative side, because it is a business. And when we do more, we can help more people. And so I think that as creatives, as spiritual people, we need to remember that we have financial value that maybe we feel like, well, everyone has these gifts and everyone has these skills, you know, but that's not true. Just like not everyone is a lawyer or an accountant or a nurse or a doctor. Not everyone has these creative abilities and the bravery to pursue them. So really know that that is a skill that has value and, you know, charge accordingly. And also, like you said, such a great tip, make sure that you've got that contract, make sure the expectations are there and make sure that you get paid accordingly. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Rihanna, <laughs> I love what you've shared with us today. And I will tell you, and I'm sure that everyone listening can relate to this. I did a job once, a big job. And just like you said, I'm like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. I'll get paid at the end. It'll be fine. You know, I'm not worried about it. And long story short, I never got paid and I never pursued getting paid because I was embarrassed that I never took care of it in the beginning. Yes. Oh, that breaks my heart. I think we've all been there. Yes. And we want to prevent that moving forward. We don't want to allow our spirit to be broken or enthusiasm or our passion and getting paid accordingly. And then knowing what to do with that money when the time comes is really what you specialize in. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I want to mention again, your website, selftrustfund.com and on Facebook and Instagram at selftrustfund. I can't wait to check out your Instagram account because I haven't looked at that yet. I've checked out your website and you've got a blog there, which is great as well for great information for the listeners, or they can just email you directly at selftrustfund at gmail.com. Rihanna, do you have a final tip for the listeners today? I do. I would love to encourage your listeners to become their own patrons. Create enough financial abundance in your life that when something seizes your imagination and gets your heart racing in that way that truly aligned things do, you can just dip into that compound, emotional compound interest savings account and go. You can honor the spirit when it moves you and pay to make your own dreams come true. Absolutely. That just, you know, encompasses it all. So thank you so much for sharing that. And as you know, I love to end with a quote or a reading that is motivational and inspiring for the listeners. Today, I'm going to read uh, part of the deservability treatment that was written uh, many years ago by Louise Hay and is still very relevant. And it is this. So if you have a moment, please just relax. Uh, if it is safe to do so, you might even want to take a few deep breaths and close your eyes. I am deserving. I deserve all good. Not some, not a little bit, but all good. I now move past all negative restricting thoughts I release and let go of the limitations of my parents. I love them and I go beyond them. I am not their negative opinions nor their limiting beliefs. I am not bound by any of the fears or prejudices of current society. I no longer identify with limitations of any kind. The universe is more than willing to manifest my new beliefs. 
And I accept this abundant life with joy, pleasure, and gratitude. For I am deserving. I accept it. And I know it to be true. So listeners, please do know that you are absolutely deserving and accepting the financial peace that comes along with that is just as important as that rewarding feeling when the people that you're working with get that aha moment. So please do contact Rihanna. She, as you can hear, knows her stuff and has been there and is extremely relatable. So I thank you again, Rihanna, for being on the show. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. uh, I do thank you for being here. This is just such an important topic. I feel like we could talk about it forever. And uh, we will look forward to uh, learning more about you through your social media and your website as well. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next time.